My dear, my angel, my beloved, we are but two souls tossed upon the rolling waves of fate, ever in search of the shore. The stars have guided us to one another and deemed it fit that we should meet. Who am I to rebuff their will? Come, take my hand. The sensation of cold metal met his palm. Ah, in offering my hand, I offer you my everything. I lay my very life before you and become your boy in this restless sea. Did we ever truly need to reach the shore? No. I want for nothing now that you are by my side. The air, the sky, the stars. I'll forsake them all if it means staying here with you one moment longer. Breathing? Ha! The strength of our love is such that we may even grow gills and fins. The utility pole blushed. Karamatsu suddenly became rather paranoid with the possibility that someone could be watching him, and so he rose from where he had knelt on one knee to profess eternal, undying love to the pole and started on his way home. Of course, it wasn't as though he had any special feelings for the tall chunk of metal, no more than he had for any other utility poles, at least. Although they did do such a good job of keeping all those dangerous wires safely over the heads of passers-by, and he thought that they deserved to hear it every now and again. The pole just made a decent stand-in for the young woman from the 100 yen store, so Karamatsu could satisfy himself with a do-over of their last exchange. How exactly did that exchange go? If Karamatsu were recounting it as a story to someone else, he would insist that he had already forgotten. The sad truth of the matter was that he had flushed red straight to his ears, dropped his money all over the floor, and responded with, You too, when she thanked him for his purchase. There were, perhaps, some people in the world who would suggest, and not altogether unfairly so, that Karamatsu had been just a little uncool. However, those people were wrong, and he knew this because the girl at the register in the 100 yen store said that he was cool. Well, she said his outfit was cool, but who was the person wearing that outfit? Checkmate, naysayers. Okay, who was he trying to kid? Karamatsu pulled his new sunglasses from his eyes and faced the facts. He made a complete arse of himself, and the only way he could think to recover was to run back, prostrate, and beg for her to wipe their encounter from her memory so they could start over fresh. But even Karamatsu wasn't that much of a fool. Even Karamatsu knew that it wasn't an effective way to resolve the situation. What other option did he have, though? Smack her over the head with something heavy and hope she developed amnesia? No, Karamatsu, that's illegal. Karamatsu exhaled a long sigh and raised the heel of his hand to his forehead to wipe away the trickle of blood he felt creeping towards his nose. In hindsight, he wasn't sure what he had hoped to accomplish by pouring to beat his head repeatedly against a brick wall. It had just seemed like the natural thing to do under these circumstances. He held his hand against the wound to staunch any further bleeding, and completed the walk home, kicking off his shoes in the entryway, with a muttered announcement that he was home. He stopped by the bathroom to wash his hands and clean his face, then he slid open the door to the sitting room where the sex triplets usually assembled during the day. It was the usual scene. Osomatsu flipped half-heartedly through a magazine, leaning against the wall with his head to the floor and his legs crossed above him. Todomatsu tapped away at the screen of his smartphone. Churamatsu studied a thick book of some kind. Ichimatsu noncommittally waved a cat toy back and forth in his lap. Where's Jushimatsu? Karamatsu asked, entering the room and taking a place at the little round table. Nobody answered. Karamatsu continued. Undeterred. 
Do we know when to expect him home? Nobody answered. Karamatsu paid it no mind. I'd like to ask him for some advice. Ooh, advice. Todomatsu angled his round eyes away from the screen and towards the second son. I can do advice. First of all, stop buying sunglasses from the 100 yen store. They're tackier than your painful personality. Karamatsu looked down to the sunglasses hanging from the neck of his shirt. But these are cheap, he reasoned. Todomatsu bolted upright. Exactly. That's the problem. There was, of course, some logic in Todomatsu's words. As devilishly handsome as Karamatsu was, there was only so much that his natural good looks could do for a pair of hundred yen sunglasses. This was not at all the thing he was worried about. I'll keep your counsel close to my heart, more frere, he assured. Todomatsu muttered something under his breath. Karamatsu didn't catch the words, but he guessed they were most likely something just as sincere and kind as his own. Why do you want to ask Jushimatsu about fashion? Choramatsu asked. There was less curiosity in his tone than there was pure incredulity. Karamatsu couldn't fault him for that. Indeed, it would be very strange to ask fashion advice from a man who occasionally sported a traffic cone as a hat. Not that Jushimatsu didn't wear it quite well, of course. Nom nom, Karamatsu said. This and that are separate matters. Please accept my sincere apology for the misunderstanding. Well, hang on a minute now. Osumatsu flopped to the side with a soft fud and reorientated himself so he was sitting upright. What do you want to ask Jushimatsu that you can't ask your one and only big brother? I give great advice. Silence. I do, Osumatsu insisted. He didn't. He really didn't. But he obviously wanted to, and Karamatsu wanted to make his one and only big brother happy. So he supposed their interests aligned. Perhaps you can help me then, mon frere, he suggested. You would have to seek Jushimatsu's recommendation some other time. Maybe he could coax him up onto the roof later. You see, our little Jushimatsu has experience with fumbling in front of a young lady and still managing to leave a favourable impression. I was curious what sort of expertise he could show someone undergoing a similar struggle. Chiramatsu lowered his book slowly into his lap. His eyes narrowed in suspicion. Karamatsu, what did you do? Osumatsu patted the air. Now, now, Chiramatsu, this is my advice corner. So, Karamatsu, what did you do? It was finally happening. Karamatsu was going to have to recount the day's events as a story to someone else. But haven't we already established that he makes for a terrible narrator? There was a lovely young lady at the hundred yen store, sweet as the dew on the morning flower who was so taken by my charms that I feared overwhelming her. I held back for her sake, but I worried that she'll remember me as a heartless fellow who rebuffed her admiration. Some senseless idiot foolishly paid you a compliment, and you self-destructed like the combustible garbage you are, Ichimatsu translated. Harsh words from the man whose go-to stress response is to take a dump on the table, thought. My goodness, whose fault was that? What an unbecoming thing to think of someone. Osumatsu brushed his index finger against the underside of his nose and grinned. All right, bro. I think I got the gist of it. Here's what you got to do. Find a nice heavy object like a cinder block or something and wham, right over her head. She won't remember a thing and then you can start all over from square one. Maybe even convince her that you're dating. 
No, Osamatsune-san, Choramatsu interjected. That's illegal. Ichimatsu looked at the heavy object he had been saving for the backside of Karamatsu's skull and inconspicuously shoved it behind the television stand with his foot. Choramatsu spread the coals, fetched his rake and continued. First of all, and I'm just saying this to get this off my chest, there's nothing sweet about dew, okay? It's just condensation. Second, and more importantly, you flub interactions with people all the time. You really don't need to give it any special consideration. It is special, Karamatsu corrected. He stood and posed one hand to his forehead, laying the other one across his chest. That innocent vixen smote me with her warm words. She pierced my heart to its core, stealing a piece of it and replacing it with a piece of her own. And you wonder why we go out of our way to avoid giving you attention, Tonomatsu said with a heavy sigh. A perfect stranger says one nice thing to you and suddenly you think you're in love. Did you even get her number? Her name? Ah, Karamatsu hadn't even thought to ask. Granted, he hadn't been thinking much at all, apart from the steady stream of ah that reverberated between his ears. I can find out. Her name, that is. I doubt her shift has ended yet. Karamatsu moved to leave the room, but Churamatsu stopped him in his tracks. Hold it right there. She's an employee? Yes. Was that important? Karamatsu, she's basically paid to be nice. Apparently it was important. Don't you dare go back to that store and bother her. Oh, Akatsuka-sensei, this guy's an idiot. He's a real bona fide, honest-to-goodness idiot. Not that I didn't already know it, but still. Hang on, Charamatsu, Osamatsu said, and then he turned to Karamatsu, his expression stonily sincere. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm hearing. There's a cute girl working at the 100 yen store who'll compliment me if I buy shitty sunglasses. Is that right? Osamatsu's lower jaw moved parallel to his upper one as the knuckles of Churamatsu's fist collided with his face. If one were to view the scene in slow motion, one would be able to appreciate the artful ripple of his cheek as it unwillingly accepted the impact. You're all missing the bigger picture here, Churamatsu said. Karamatsu Nisan's fallen in love. Isn't that something wonderful? We should be supporting him. He turned to Karamatsu. Those big doe eyes of his were utterly empty of empathy. You know I'm cheering you on 100%, right, Nissan? He stood. I've got nothing but your success in mind. He took a step forward. You want to make a good impression, right? He raised his hand and reached out ominously. Let's start with your outfit. I'm home run. Oh, Jushimatsu, sweetest Jushimatsu. You saint, you saviour. Karamatsu all but leapt over the table to run to the entryway. Welcome home, my precious brother. Come with me for just a moment, won't you? I'd like to ask you your thoughts on an important matter. My dear, my angel, my beloved, we are but two souls tossed upon the rolling waves of fate, ever in search of the shore. The stars have guided us to one another and deemed it fit that we should meet. Who am I to rebuff their will? Come, take my hand. The sensation of cold metal met his palm. Ah, in offering my hand, I offer you my everything. I lay my very life before you and become your boy in this restless sea. Did we ever truly need to reach the shore? No. I want for nothing now that you are by my side. The air, the sky, the stars. I'll forsake them all if it means staying here with you one moment longer. Breathing? Ha! The strength of our love is such that we may even grow gills and fins. 
The utility pole blushed. Karamatsu suddenly became rather paranoid of the possibility that someone could be watching him, and so he rose from where he had knelt on one knee to profess eternal, undying love to the pole and started on his way home. Of course, it wasn't as though he had any special feelings for the tall chunk of metal, no more than he had for any other utility poles, at least. Although they did do such a good job of keeping all those dangerous wires safely over the heads of passers-by, and he thought that they deserved to hear it every now and again. The pole just made a decent stand-in for the young woman from the 100 yen store, so Karamatsu could satisfy himself with a do-over of their last exchange. How exactly did that exchange go? If Karamatsu were recounting it as a story to someone else, he would insist that he had already forgotten. The sad truth of the matter was that he had flushed red straight to his ears, dropped his money all over the floor, and responded with, You too, when she thanked him for his purchase. There were, perhaps, some people in the world who would suggest, and not altogether unfairly so, that Karamatsu had been just a little uncool. However, those people were wrong, and he knew this because the girl at the register in the 100 yen store said that he was cool. Well, she said his outfit was cool, but who was the person wearing that outfit? Checkmate, naysayers. Okay, who was he trying to kid? Karamatsu pulled his new sunglasses from his eyes and faced the facts. He made a complete arse of himself, and the only way he could think to recover was to run back, prostrate, and beg for her to wipe their encounter from her memory so they could start over fresh. But even Karamatsu wasn't that much of a fool. Even Karamatsu knew that it wasn't an effective way to resolve the situation. What other option did he have, though? Smack her over the head with something heavy and hope she developed amnesia? No, Karamatsu, that's illegal. Karamatsu exhaled a long sigh and raised the heel of his hand to his forehead to wipe away the trickle of blood he felt creeping towards his nose. In hindsight, he wasn't sure what he had hoped to accomplish by pouring to beat his head repeatedly against a brick wall. It had just seemed like the natural thing to do under these circumstances. He held his hand against the wound to staunch any further bleeding and completed the walk home, kicking off his shoes in the entryway with a muttered announcement that he was home. He stopped by the bathroom to wash his hands and clean his face. Then he slid open the door to the sitting room where the sex triplets usually assembled during the day. It was the usual scene. Osomatsu flipped half-heartedly through a magazine, leaning against the wall with his head to the floor and his legs crossed above him. Todomatsu tapped away at the screen of his smartphone. Churamatsu studied a thick book of some kind. Ichimatsu noncommittally waved a cat toy back and forth in his lap. Where's Jushimatsu? Karamatsu asked, entering the room and taking a place at the little round table. Nobody answered. Karamatsu continued. Undeterred. Do we know when to expect him home? Nobody answered. Karamatsu paid it no mind. I'd like to ask him for some advice. Ooh, advice? Todomatsu angled his round eyes away from the screen and towards the second son. I can do advice. First of all, stop buying sunglasses from the 100 yen store. They're tackier than your painful personality. Karamatsu looked down to the sunglasses hanging from the neck of his shirt. But these are cheap he reasoned. Todomatsu bolted upright. Exactly! That's the problem. There was, of course, some logic in Todomatsu's words. As devilishly handsome as Karamatsu was, there was only so much that his natural good looks could do for a pair of hundred yen sunglasses. 
This was not at all the thing he was worried about. I'll keep your counsel close to my heart, mon frere, he assured. Todematsu muttered something under his breath. Karamatsu didn't catch the words, but he guessed they were most likely something just as sincere and kind as his own. Why do you want to ask Jushimatsu about fashion? Choramatsu asked. There was less curiosity in his tone than there was pure incredulity. Karamatsu couldn't fault him for that. Indeed, it would be very strange to ask fashion advice from a man who occasionally sported a traffic cone as a hat. Not that Jushimatsu didn't wear it quite well, of course. Nom nom, Karamatsu said. This and that are separate matters. Please accept my sincere apology for the misunderstanding. Well, hang on a minute now. Osumatsu flopped to the side with a soft fud and reorientated himself so he was sitting upright. What do you want to ask Jushimatsu that you can't ask your one and only big brother? I give great advice. Silence. I do, Osumatsu insisted. He didn't. He really didn't. But he obviously wanted to, and Karamatsu wanted to make his one and only big brother happy. So he supposed their interests aligned. Perhaps you can help me then, mon frere, he suggested. You would have to seek Jushimatsu's recommendation some other time. Maybe he could coax him up onto the roof later. You see, our little Jushimatsu has experience with fumbling in front of a young lady and still managing to leave a favourable impression. I was curious what sort of expertise he could show someone undergoing a similar struggle. Chiramatsu lowered his book slowly into his lap. His eyes narrowed in suspicion. Karamatsu, what did you do? Osumatsu patted the air. Now, now, Chiramatsu, this is my advice corner. So, Karamatsu, what did you do? It was finally happening. Karamatsu was going to have to recount the day's events as a story to someone else. But haven't we already established that he makes for a terrible narrator? There was a lovely young lady at the hundred yen store, sweet as the dew on the morning flower who was so taken by my charms that I feared overwhelming her. I held back for her sake, but I worried that she'll remember me as a heartless fellow who rebuffed her admiration. Some senseless idiot foolishly paid you a compliment, and you self-destructed like the combustible garbage you are, Ichimatsu translated. Harsh words from the man whose go-to stress response is to take a dump on the table, thought. My goodness, whose fault was that? What an unbecoming thing to think of someone. Osumatsu brushed his index finger against the underside of his nose and grinned. All right, bro. I think you've got the gist of it. Here's what you've got to do. Find a nice heavy object, like a cinder block or something, and wham, right over her head. She won't remember a thing, and then you can start all over from square one. Maybe even convince her that you're dating. No, Osumatsu-ni-san, Chiramatsu interjected. That's illegal. Ichimatsu looked at the heavy object he had been saving for the backside of Karamatsu's skull and inconspicuously shoved it behind the television stand with his foot. Chiramatsu spread the coals, fetched his rake and continued. First of all, and I'm just saying this to get this off my chest, there's nothing sweet about dew, okay? It's just condensation. Second, and more importantly, you flub interactions with people all the time. You really don't need to give it any special consideration. It is special. Karamatsu corrected. He stood and posed one hand to his forehead, laying the other one across his chest. That innocent vixen smote me with her warm words. She pierced my heart to its core, stealing a piece of it and replacing it with a piece of her own. 
and you wonder why we go out of our way to avoid giving you attention, Tonomatsu said with a heavy sigh. A perfect stranger says one nice thing to you, and suddenly you think you're in love. Did you even get her number? Her name? Ah, Karamatsu hadn't even thought to ask. Granted, he hadn't been thinking much at all, apart from the steady stream of ah that reverberated between his ears. I can find out. Her name, that is. I doubt her shift has ended yet. Karamatsu moved to leave the room, but Churamatsu stopped him in his tracks. Hold it right there. She's an employee? Yes. Was that important? Karamatsu, she's basically paid to be nice. Apparently it was important. Don't you dare go back to that store and bother her. Oh, Akatsuka-sensei, this guy's an idiot. He's a real bona fide, honest-to-goodness idiot. Not that I didn't already know it, but still. Hang on, Charamatsu, Osamatsu said, and then he turned to Karamatsu, his expression stonily sincere. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm hearing. There's a cute girl working at the 100 yen store who'll compliment me if I buy shitty sunglasses. Is that right? Osamatsu's lower jaw moved parallel to his upper one as the knuckles of Charamatsu's fist collided with his face. If one were to view the scene in slow motion, one would be able to appreciate the artful ripple of his cheek as it unwillingly accepted the impact. You're all missing the bigger picture here, Tojomatsu said. Karamatsu Nisan's fallen in love. Isn't that something wonderful? We should be supporting him. He turned to Karamatsu. Those big doe eyes of his were utterly empty of empathy. You know I'm cheering you on 100%, right, Nisan? He stood. I've got nothing but your success in mind. He took a step forward. You want to make a good impression, right? He raised his hand and reached out ominously. Let's start with your outfit. I'm home run. Oh, Jushimatsu, sweetest Jushimatsu. You saint, you saviour. Karamatsu all but leapt over the table to run to the entryway. Welcome home, my precious brother. Come with me for just a moment, won't you? I'd like to ask you your thoughts on an important matter.